Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Megan has found her twin in Phoenix. Yep, she's my little sister forever now. <laughs> they watch all the same TikTok videos, and they like all the same songs. I just do you have to show? Do you have the video where we did the thing at the same time? <laughs> And all I had to say was Zac Efron moment from High School Musical 3, and she knew. That was the most epic thing ever. She completes you. She completes me. Tony, if you are on TikTok and you don't follow Marcus for your news, what are you doing in life? Clearly, I'm out of that loop. And what's funny is during the riots on the Capitol, like CNN was obviously there. And in the background, you can actually see him like filming his TikTok. And so then there were TikToks of him on CNN filming his TikToks. Because, like, the CNN people didn't know who he was. Stop. My aneurysm is getting worse (laughs) by the moment. I'm a grumpy old man. Quit being a Karen. Hey! (laughs) Did you... Did you... (laughs) She called me Karen! What did you throw at me? (laughs) My reading glasses, of course! She's going to need those back. <laughs> Throw them back. Come on. I can't fight That's, I've never made Megan laugh so hard she cried. <laughs> that worked really good. <laughs> Called me a Karen. I eat Karens for lunch. Megan is laughing so hard she's crying. <laughs> That's a first. I don't think we've ever seen that happen on this podcast before. Oh, blame so, the, the Now we cream. have the second Shona. Hi. Hi. Yes. I got the privilege of watching Martha throw something at Megan. <laughs> yeah. It's a real honor. <laughs> Shona's been with us for a long time. Shona was our very first long distance traveler, longest distance traveler, because I think, well, we, Brittany was our first, very first tourist. And then Shona came from Houston and I was like, Somebody drove all the way from Houston to see us? What? That's how cool you guys are. And now we have two Shonas in our house and a Phoenix. Yay. It's just so cool. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having in us. In the middle of a pandemic. I don't think it's like too far, like any distance is too far to travel to talk about books. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. We were talking earlier today about how difficult it is to make friends as an adult. By the time you reach our age, you are so over all of the drama bullshit that you have to go through with your female friends, right? That is very true. True. And just because you live next door to somebody doesn't mean you really have anything in common. So as an adult, I mean, most of the time, the people you hang out with are your neighbors or whoever. No, but when you find your tribe, you travel. I love that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, luckily for me, my tribe was local (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) my car already rattles and has a leak in the tire. I don't think I'd make it to Texas. That's probably accurate. Oh, we'll update pictures of the map. We're going to go through all the comments. I went through when we first posted our YouTube video about where are you and our sky full of stars on our map is getting bigger and brighter. Yes, yeah, so we'll post some pictures once we update and so you can see where some people are from. When I'm sitting in my chair right here, Australia is closest to me and it has turquoise stars that mm-hmm. kind of glitter. The ones I used for the U.S. are purple. So they just show up as little black dots from here. I thought yeah. they were red. No, they're purple. No, they're purple. Yeah. I wanted something that would show up really good against the green, uh-huh. which is why I picked that. Australia's calling to me. We have a lot of friends there. Saying, come visit. I have several New Zealand friends that I need to, but I don't know that they're podcast listeners. Keep These sure. are people I can't bully into reading. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and I have tried. No, my friend Nikki is a reader. It's just that she has small children right now. And as all of us know. They kind of dictate your life when they're small yes 
And our podcast is not appropriate for the ears of children. I mean, they don't necessarily understand what we're talking about all the time. Yeah, but you don't want them going to school talking about sweaty ball sacks because that would be bad. I mean, <laughs> battery-operated boyfriends. Even if they don't understand what that means. It always boggles <laughs> my mind when I'm listening to to my favorite murder when like someone writes their hometown in and they're like i'm 13 i'm like whose mom's letting you listen to my favorite murder at 13 when we first started doing the zoom calls there was a young girl who was probably remember her oh yeah she was Sarah- she just graduated mm. high school like while we were on zoom awesome. she yeah because she had graduation like during the pandemic yeah, she was she a did. senior yep got any filthy stories bonnie not really. I got no filthy stories. We could educate them on the Olivia Josh. No, no, no. Martha's no. like, I'm so over it. I already got called Karen once this <laughs> podcast. I'm not going into any TikTokish bullshit. It's not. No. Just do yourself a favor. I don't really favor. understand the obsession with TikTok, to tell you the truth. I've watched a few TikToks. It's so fun. And they're just kind of stupid. You got to get on I, the on the funny good sides of TikTok. Yeah, but I've I've watched some that like people like recommend and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? You just got to Maybe keep, I'm just too old. You just I don't know. I, think, I think that's where I'm at with this. You just have to keep watching. But there's people older than me who like watch TikTok and they're like, you need to watch this video. It's funny and it's I'm like It's sort of like the difference between Twitter and <laughs> Facebook. So yeah. I recently got on Twitter thanks to Shona G, and the only video that I watch is George the Monkey. Um, he gets gifts from his fans oh, on, and he, on and TikTok he, or on Twitter. Oh, on TikTok. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Um, and it's a little monkey named George, and his fans sent him presents, so he gets filmed opening his presents. That's. It would still just be a monkey opening a present. But how often do you see a monkey opening (laughs) a present? See, and that's the problem right there. I think that that's 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 where I'm. Now you make it a dog opening a present, and (laughs) I might be there. Jeez, (laughs) I'm not dissing TikTok in any way. I'm just saying that I would rather be reading than looking at TikTok. We'll see that (laughs) when you scroll for more than an acceptable amount of human time um a very nice ad pops up and says stop you've been scrolling for a really long time you should probably take a break get some food or drink some water i blocked that account <laughs> you the can't fact do that. that you actually know that that's a thing megan i told you i have a problem is that kind of like when netflix asks you if you're actually still watching yes, yes. i hate it when they do that are you still watching Yes, damn it. Now I got to find the fucking remote. Damn it. <laughs> but see, I did, what I really need is for TikTok to get an auto scroll feature so that I don't have to sit there and scroll after each video. I need it to like the video ends. Go to the next one. <laughs> like kind of like the scan on the radio. Yes. In your car. Yeah. Just, you just go to the next scan. one. What do you mean scan? There's only just the one station, the one I'm on. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> I can't believe you called me that. <laughs> Jesus, I'm never going to forget that my whole life. I think there's video proof. I feel like Shona was videoing when you threw the glasses at me. She's going to put it on TikTok. We should. Yeah, we should. Be like, Pod- Send that to me. I'll put it on YouTube. There you go. <laughs> Shona G thinks that TikTok is the best and she thinks that it brings us all so much joy you know what my joy exists in my books i can have both i don't need external stimulus pieces of (laughs) random monkeys opening presents videos to make me happy (laughs) sorry shona just just watch one first (laughs) we'll find it for you constant it's gonna be constant. just watch just this one just oh just one more oh but look at this one the worst, Megan's already tried that yeah. and it doesn't work. The, the worst though is when you like too many of the same, like something or you watch the video all the way through and it's not a video you care about and then it screws up your algorithm and you're like, how did I end up on this side of TikTok and how the hell do I get out? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the, al- the whole algorithm hurt. thing is so disturbing on so many levels. It kind of explains a lot though. Oh, yeah. Algorithms are insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I am... But a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times they're true. They're right on. Yeah. Because, like, 
But it's so disturbing, though, that people can end up being in an echo chamber of their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is kind of what brings us to our current predicament. It's dangerous. Yeah. When you see too much of the same thing, then you're consuming something that you feel like is the center of the universe. And then pretty soon. Olivia and Josh are the center of my universe right now. I swear to God, Megan. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm just going to see how many times I can make Martha eye roll in one uh... podcast. I'm going to make the Wookiee sound any minute now. <laughs> that kind of was it. That was kind of it. That was really close. <laughs> I know. After I made it, I was like, hey, it kind of sounds like a Wookiee. I <laughs> wonder if I could do that again. See, You can't do it on command. You can't do it on command. No. No. It's not going to work ever again now. You got it on recording. It's okay. I think I'm going to take that, like, um, you ever seen the late, late show, James Corden? Yes. Yeah, and he has that little box next to his desk with all the sound effects on it where he pushes you're gonna make that a sound effect for you yeah on the podcast yeah so what i'll do is i'll take that tiny little clip and then i'll be able to push the button on here every (laughs) single time i want to make the wookie sound all i have to do is you know you need me for your pop culture information i do i do megan yep i do love all of your little bits and pieces what are you watching? The video. <laughs> Jonah, of you throwing your glasses at me. You took a video yes! of me throwing my glasses? <laughs> That's what I said. Like, we could totally... You know what I mean? Like, it would probably do actually really well on TikTok. That'd be a good... Because it's super short. Yeah. So that'd be a good TikTok one. I can't believe you actually took a video of that. <laughs> it would have been funnier if you would have scanned over and got Megan's face when it happened. That's totally my gut. That might have to go on the, on the TikTok. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, my God. I'm not quite, quite so sure I like having the, <laughs> having eyeballs in the room like this. It's kind of freaking me out right now. I'm kind of Big Brother's backwards. watching. And by Big Brother, we mean Shona G. What else is new? Anything? Oh. Uh, well, I've got a body full of Bucky Nuggets. Nice. And I was, in, I was just eating some. Yep. Because the Shona's coming from Texas. Stopped at uh, Bucky's. Bucky's and... Shona, the original Shona, brought me a, a hooded sweatshirt from Bucky's. It's got a little picture of Bucky, the only beaver I've ever had my photo taken with. Only beaver that you will ever have on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> The only one that will nestle between your bosoms. Oh, man. <laughs> we are so awful. So it's all Bonnie's many, fault. So many innuendos. It's all, it's all I was Bonnie. really just hey, trying to she, talk about. She's the one that started talking about beavers. I did. <laughs> Have you ever heard the song Winona's Big Brown Beaver? <laughs> No. Alexa, play Winona's Big Brown Beaver. You know, Ron's probably in there listening to Winona's Big Brown Beaver right now. Alexa, dismiss. Well, have y'all heard of the book Brenda's Beaver Needs a Barber? Is is that a song? It is a book. Oh, it's a children's book. It's a gag book, but oh, I was gonna say Brenda has a beaver, and she's ready to confess, as soft and sweet as it may be, her beaver is a mess. (laughs) (laughs) Another another page, another excerpt. She stuffed that furry round, that furry mound into a swimming suit. It stuck out all around. It was anything but cute. I know what we're getting Martha for her birthday. Okay, here's another one because I just love it. Brenda's beaver's big. Brenda beaver. Brenda's beaver's hairy. Every guy who's ever seen it says that Brenda's beaver's scary. Oh my god. Brenda's beaver needs a haircut. Brenda's beaver needs a barber. Everyone. Needs a barber. By um. Is that our first book review? Written, <laughs> written by <laughs> Bemissi Tantia. I probably butchered that, but 
Yeah, Brenda's beaver needs a barber, everyone. No. You know, Phoenix has a <clears throat> has a, a skill as an orator. She read out loud to us the emails that she was getting from the Trump campaign. Who knows why she got to be on the list? Because she wasn't a supporter. So... But you're not on TikTok, so I wouldn't expect you to. No, but this. I did see the video. There was a conspiracy. There was, well, so conspiracy. everyone on TikTok reserved spots for Trump's yes Trump's I, rallies yes, to kind of like yeah. It. That's why I'm on his email list, and it, it does make me oh. want to like shoot myself every once in a while. But yeah, yeah, that is freaking hilarious. Yes. So yes. so she was hearing her read those Trump emails out loud on video absolutely made my year it was excellent anyway brenda's beaver needs a barber and i i I think you got fairly close to that author's name that's that's a say that again what is it bimacy tayan tayanti yeah Mm -hmm. there's a lot of eyes and vowels hmm with a few consonants mixed in. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, but let's not miss the sequel. Put Tony's nuts in your mouth. <laughs> Are you being serious right I am now? dead serious. <laughs> Is that a squirrel? No, he's a, like a nut roaster. Like one of the little like carts that you see at like Christmas time. Oh. Yeah. A squirrel would be Those good books too, are expensive. <laughs> there is also where's where Willie went, and it's a book about a sperm. Oh, I see it. That's a different author. It's a different though. author, but pops up when you search up Brenda's Beaver Needs a Barber. Brenda's Beaver plays around plays around. <laughs> it's a picture she's playing golf, so be- Brenda's <gasps> Beaver plays around. Oh my god. That took me a minute. I had to read it twice. <laughs> I'm telling you girls. We really are not 14-year-old boys, even though 99% of our episodes contain some sort of sexual innuendos. They really are, do. Are we really 14-year-old boys? I think this is why I get along better with guys and girls, because I just have a very dirty mind. There's nothing wrong with having a dirty mind. Yeah, there's, but there's a dirty mind. There's... And then there's a filthy mind. And then underneath that filthy mind is where I sit. (laughs) This is why I love you so much, though. Because you just say all of the things. Think of the things I don't say out loud. Why don't you say them? Because some of them are even too dirty for me to say out loud. (laughs) Just the one time would you let me judge that? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. We'll see. And Shona's sitting there going, please don't. Please don't. Not today. Not while I'm sitting right here. Please don't. Not today. She's like, please only when I can talk back to a computer speaker and not actually face you. Being in the room's a little different in that. Definitely. Of course, when you were on the first time, we were in the studio at uh, the radio station. Both times you've been on. Yes. Was at the studio. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So this is a uh, yeah. This is a uh, quarantine life in podcasting <laughs> and in my son's former bedroom, which she did finally paint for those keeping track. Yes, next sitting right next to the really frightening makeshift Murphy bed. <laughs> Shona had to have somewhere to sleep. Yeah, my son's mattress was still not being used since he's now living at home. So we took the mattress and. Uh, and put it in here for one of the Shonas to sleep on. <laughs> I'm I'm sleeping where it happens. That's right. You're, right in the like, studio. It's like yeah, an MTV Cribs episode. This is where her, the magic happens. It's her son's <laughs> mattress, so I don't think I want to know what kind of mattress. Oh, I, when she what got kind of this, magic happened? When she got it this morning, I said, I said, so are you feeling super relaxed? I bet you got some residual high from all the weed in that mattress. <laughs> She didn't. You don't have a black light, right? Because oh hell, oh, hell no! no. <laughs> She's never gonna get any sleep now. Uh, you cannot have the couch. It's mine. <laughs> well, now thanks to Vani, I'm gonna need some serious alcohol before I go to bed. She's tonight. gonna douse it. Should we start the shots now before the show? <laughs> Should we start the show so we can eat pizza? Oh shit, that's right. <laughs> I'm food pers- motivated over here. Our personal chef is out there making our food right now. So, Bonnie, what you got? 
no World War II book. That's kind of pretty awesome. Excited to do something different. Um, This week I read Keeping Lucy by T. Greenwood. And this is a book that takes place kind of two different timelines. Um, There's a lot of backtracking, but it mainly takes place in 1971. Um, And this is a story that is based on, inspired by true events, just so that everybody knows. What happens is there is a couple... Jenny and I believe the the husband's name is Abbott and Jenny's pregnant and she has a a little girl and the little girl is born with Down syndrome but this is in 1969 that she's born and there's not a lot known about mental illness back then so basically the baby was taken away right after she was born and put in an institution. Oh, no. Yeah. And um, the husband, husband's dad, who is a high-powered lawyer at the time in, uh, I, I want to say it's Massachusetts is where this takes place at. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. 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 This happens in the New, New England area. <laughs> You know I'm going to have to leave that in, right? <laughs> Listen, my Benadryl is wearing off and my nose is starting to get stuffy. Oh, but that's it. how people... I've heard people say say it that way. Massachusetts. 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 I've heard people yeah. say Massachusetts. Anyways, he's a high-powered lawyer and he basically has talk, talked his son into sending his daughter into an institution because, you know, the dad wants the son to, like, run for assistant DA and all of these other positions and this would just hold him back is what he thinks and you know which is cruel very stupid horrible horrible but anyways this happens and she is kind of in an ether fog while she's in the hospital because you know back then Mm -hmm. that's the drugs that they used when you were in labor and it was painful obviously labor is painful so she didn't quite understand what was happening until the next day until it was too late basically and the baby was already gone and the husband tries to convince her that it's better just to think of it as if she was dead just Mm. to forget about her and of course she can't forget about her and everything else as in any parent would know you you don't forget your child you just don't doesn't matter how old they are and uh so she tries to go on with her life and she's a housewife and she has a son also who is older than her daughter by four years named Peyton. So she's taking care of Peyton and everything and her best friend Marsha comes over midweek, which is unusual to have a midweek visit from Marsha. And she has all of these articles from a reporter that did an expose on this school that she was taken to and about the conditions in the school and how the Uh, these children are being treated and how you know it's just it's horrible and a lot of the parents are suing the school over it so of course jenny is very distraught by this news and she decides that she wants to go visit her daughter and her husband's very much against it but she leaves anyways. Doesn't tell her husband. She leaves when he's at work. Takes the son, Peyton, and goes to the school and checks Lucy out for the long weekend. This is over Labor Day weekend. And uh, the conditions that she finds the school are very much like the expose. It's very much true. The little girl it has a lot of problems from being neglected. Like she has lice. Um, she has like a very serious diaper rash because nobody has ever cleaned, you know, they don't clean them up properly when they change their diapers. Oh, this and, and she decides she's not taking her daughter back into this school. She's just, she's not going to do it. And so her and Marsha decide that they're just going to leave and they're going to go to Florida with this little girl. So because when she talks to her husband, she finds out that her husband actually signed over custody to the state when they institutionalized her when she was a day old so basically um jenny's kidnapping lucy by taking her 
over state lines and not taking her back to the hospital because she doesn't have any kind of parental rights. This book makes me so angry right now. Yeah. So. And the scariest thing about it is like it happened. Yeah. All the time. Mm -hmm. Especially back. I, I mean, this was like like 50 years ago or something and just the stigmatisms around any kind of disability was extremely different than what they are now because a lot of wasn't known things now are a lot different than they were that long ago and it just makes me super i mean it's it's a super sad book because of the treatment that all of these you know kids in this institution are dealing with when just because they have some kind of disability. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you're welcome for bringing the room back down. It's not a World War II, but Oof. I did not say it wasn't sad. That's Damn. true. She did not. <laughs> <laughs> but this was, I mean, I mean, just you just cringe at all of the things and all of the things that this poor little girl has had to go through and, like when she picks her up, she says that, well, she doesn't talk at all. Well, I mean, she has Down syndrome, so Lucy doesn't question it, of course. But then when they're on the road, she's talking to her, and she actually repeats some of the words back to her. So it's not that she doesn't talk. It's that nobody has bothered to take the time to teach her how to talk. And, like, oh. you find out later that she has some old injuries that you know, never healed right. And just, it, it, it's horrible that things like this actually happened. Yeah. Jenny kind of grows as a person because she's almost kind of lost herself as because she's she is a housewife and she's given up on anything that she wanted to happen in her actual life because, you know, who else is going to do all of the ironing and cook the meals and take care of Peyton and everything else and so she's just kind of sucked into this this role and just loses herself in it and she kind of has come out of her shell and stand up to her husband and more importantly her father-in-law to be able to get Lucy out of these conditions at the school wow. that's a powerful book yeah it is i feel like you're gonna have that give, like i haven't even read it and i feel like it'd be a book that gives me a book hangover oh my like, god yes yeah it's so well it's very well written <coughs> i mean it's just one that it'd be one of those like i'd be like i need to read the most romancy hallmark book i can get my hands on after reading that book. yeah i'm gonna have to read some smut after this yes, just yeah. to get it out of my head because it's it, it's just it's super sad and yeah and very relatable because, you know, my sister has a disability and I just know that she was, even though hers wasn't a mental uh, retardation, it was a physical disability. She was still treated very different by a lot of people. And it, it makes me angry that people treated her different mm -hmm. because you just don't do that. You don't do that with anybody. Right. It doesn't matter what the disability is. They're still people. And again, that was called Keeping Lucy by T. Greenwood. You know, it, it kind of was reminding me a little bit of frog music. A little bit. Just, I mean, just in this, in this similar similarities of the woman whose child was taken from her and put in a home. Mm -hmm. And then she finds out about the conditions and then she takes yeah. the child. And the husband doesn't agree and the husband, with it. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Yeah. But... You know, her husband's not a bad person. I mean, he's not portrayed as a horrible person in this, but it's because he's so un so far underneath his father's wing. Yeah. And his father isn't the greatest person in the world. I mean, it, yeah. Ugh. Blech. It's real it's good. It's a powerful book. It really is. I hope you've got something a little bit more upbeat over there, Shona. No? Oh, my goodness. I was listening to you thinking, um, I do not have anything uplifting after that. Maybe, I have a little bit of uplifting. Maybe so. we should go with Megan next. <laughs> I, we might like, need a little bit of a buffer. Do we need a buffer? We Are we going to break per protocol here? Yes. Oh, my. Oh, this stresses me out. This is worse. Than, this is like the time when Vani was like, Megan goes first because she zoomed in. And I was like, say what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
you know, really, I shouldn't do this kind of shit because it messes me up when I have to put it on the website because we always go a specific order. And then when we go out of order, I have to cut and paste everything because I'm like, damn it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, we'll break protocol and I will go next because mine's a little bit happier. So it's, we're actually breaking two protocols at the same time. What? So I'm going second and I'm reviewing a sequel. Oh, we usually don't do that. That is right. Okay, well, yeah, we talked about this. I know which one she's going to do. Yes. I am reviewing Ready Player Two by Ernest Cline. So we don't typically do sequels because if you've not read the first one, then you don't know what the hell we're talking about. So, um, but we decided Ready Player Two was, Ready Player One was so popular that we could probably get away with reviewing Ready Player Two, I think was kind of the decision. So, well, because people will want to know if it's worth picking yes. up yes right and we did ready player one not once but twice on this podcast one happy thing for my book collecting neuroses is that the cover art matches the first book so <laughs> thank you for that publishers you didn't make me want to commit homicide over a book cover so <laughs> what i really liked about this book is it picks up exactly where we left Wade. So it's almost as if like you close book t- book one and like two days later you open book two and we're in the same spot. We haven't moved anywhere. But the biggest difference is that now the four friends, Wade and his friends, have all the money from the winnings. They've all moved to different houses or bigger houses. Wade is living in um, Halliday's house. Uh, but the four friends are not as tight as you might think they would be. But a little bit of time has passed. A little bit of time. It's Yeah, it's not quite like two days later. It's a little bit of time. A couple, maybe a couple months. But it doesn't feel like tons of time has passed. Um, and I'm spacing on all of their names except for Wade's this minute. But the girl is kind of stepped away from technology and she's really just trying to make the world a better place. And they've all kind of gone separate ways, but they still meet and have like a board meeting and all kind of meet up in the Oasis and have a board meeting. Um, And Wade stumbles across a new challenge because he is told about some new tech that Halliday left behind for him or for whoever won the quest. So he's the only person that can unlock this vault that is hidden in Halliday's office or in the house or in the house or wherever it was hidden. And it's basically makes the Oasis even more immersive. And it, it it's almost like a 4d feeling like you can smell things, you can taste things, you can, it's more about almost feels more real I feel like would be the best way to describe it. Cause the Oasis is kind of like, here's your avatar walking through the world. And like, if you're walking, they're walking, but like, you don't feel the ground under your feet other than the physical ground you're standing on. Whereas in with these new goggles that you can use in the Oasis, you get more of the feeling and taste of things or whatever. So they have a board meeting to decide if they want to launch this new product and the one girl's like, no, this is terrible plan. And everyone else is like, yeah, let's go. And you can only stay in that that goggle suit bot pod thing um, for 12 hours. Right? Is it 12 hours? I yeah. think so. I think yeah. it's 12. For 12 hours. And then you basically are that commercial from the 90s where your brain's on drugs and you're now an egg sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the best way I could describe it. So they have like set time limit. So you put it on and like the timer starts. So most people are spending the entire 12 hours with these new 4D immersive pods. And you basically have to be in a pod to protect your body because you can't move really. You're almost in like a dream state. Is this making sense? Kind well, of. I, I read it as well. Um, the experience that you get when you put this on is actually someone else's yes. experience. Yes. So it's like a recorded type 
it's like the person who experienced this, you're feeling and seeing and smelling and tasting and everything that person is. So for example, um, if you wanted to have sex with, you know, yes. Zach Efron, then you could do that because you would get inside the psyche, mind, body, slash, whatever of somebody who'd had sex with him. Yeah. And so you could go and experience that. Yeah. So all of these different experiences are being uploaded and then you go in and live your life through that person's eyes. Yeah. What was that one Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? It's like really old where... Was it Total Recall? Total Recall, where they had the simulated vacations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were like, you know, kind of in one of those. It wasn't really a pod, but... right. Well, and only the like, like super a, it's wealthy almost like of a, the pod. Yeah, it's almost like that you it can upgrade like them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the one he has, the one Wade has, is like a coffin. Yeah, and it like has it machine has, guns attached to so it, so that if all, somebody like, tries to come and you know pinch your nose shut <laughs> or whatever while you're while you're yeah. in there, yeah, because you really don't have any control. It's like you're in a coma. Yeah, you're yeah you're basically in a like coma, but you're living in the oasis with these goggles obviously really really dangerous yes and um wherever there's something dangerous in technology there's someone who figures out how to hack it (laughs) obviously (laughs) obviously so we we see some old uh nemesis return from the first book trying to seek revenge for the fact that wade and his friends won the first prize and now they're on a quest much kind of like the first one they're on a quest they're following clues to kind of make basically i don't want to give too much away because no, don't tell too much yeah but, but there is a quest there is involved. a quest mm-hmm. and you get to and it, it does have a very similar feel of like it's a lot of 80s references so they're going to the different areas just like in the first one um you get i guess it doesn't really give too much away if i tell some of the planets no. No. Yeah. Um, so, like, one of them is like, um, what are the movie? What the hell are those movies called? Like, sixteen can't. Uh, John Hughes. Oh yeah, John Hughes films. Yeah. So, like, the play, the world is like all the John Hughes films living like in one planet, and you get to see all the characters from like Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink, Pretty in Pink and all those. They go to one that they they have to go somewhere that's all about like Prince's music, and there's one that's. Halliday's own town where like his memories of his town and it it was really cool I liked the references better in the first book because I felt like there were more of them to get excited about whereas this was a little more focused on like here's the like two areas of the 80s that we're going to cover yeah so I, I I liked the first book with more references but if you're like a huge John Hughes fan like you would be so excited because there's all kinds of stuff that he talks about and you're kind of like I vaguely kind of remember seeing that movie. <laughs> but, so, um, what I'm talking about, I just watched that movie yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it, they, I mean, it wasn't super obscure where like, if you hadn't watched all of pretty and pink that you didn't know what was happening, but mm-hmm. it was more specific about one topic. Whereas I felt like in the first book, you had a little bit more of like all of the eighties. Uh, but there were some really cool things. There's, they call them record drops where they're like, you drive over like a spot on the road and like 80 songs just start playing like to <laughs> like match whatever you're doing. So I was like, that's kind of cool. A couple of times I was like, what the hell song is that? And I'd like sit there, Google it and be like, Oh yeah, I know that song. Cause a lot of 80 songs, I don't know by name, but I know when I hear them, what the song is. So I did. You're too young. <laughs> I'm, I was born in the eighties. <laughs> so, but, and I'm, I'm really good with hearing music. I'm not always good at knowing what the title and artist was. So I had to Google a couple times. Cause I was like, I want to know what this is supposed to sound like and feel like, uh, but I really still enjoyed the book. Like I didn't get to a point, any point where I was like, Oh, I don't want to read this. I still enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. It did plot along a little bit in the beginning. You kind of were like, okay. And then I, and at times at the end, I felt like it was rushed. Hmm. So the middle was like solid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the beginning kind of, you're like, okay, like I know something bad's going to have to happen. And then at the end, you're kind of like, oh, they wrapped that up in like no time. Like, how did they do that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But as a whole, overall for a sequel, I thought it was good. And I would recommend it personally. Other people in the room will disagree. 
<laughs> but ooh, sorry. But um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And that was Ready Player Two by Ernest Klein. Excellent. Now, Shona, you can bring us down again. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to bring it down. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The um, since the beginning of the year, I've read mostly nonfiction, and all of it's really good. Um, so I didn't have any like uplifting. <laughs> books to read <laughs> this one might be a little worse than Vonnie's because this is real Ooh. um nonfiction. it's called our bodies their battlefields war through the lives of women by christina lamb and christina lamb is a longtime war correspondent and she traveled through um to different um countries around the world that have been through wars and conflicts and she interviewed um, the women because a lot of times, most of the time, um, their stories aren't told. And the fact that the weapon used most often um, against women in all of these war zones and conflict is rape. So she went to the Congo, Rwanda, Nigeria, Syria, Iraq. You get to hear from um, the Yazidis that had to flee their their homeland, and and they've gone to Germany. So she travels there, and she just interviews, you know, these women, children, sometimes, mm. and you know the and the the doctors that try to help them. And most there were sometimes I had to you know put the book down because it was so hard to listen to because all of these conflicts you hear about on the news i mean you mm -hmm. hear about the night you know in nigeria when the terrorist organization boko haram mm -hmm. kidnapped all those girls and you hear about that but then you know to read this book and and hear what they go through i mean it's horrific and some of the t you know some of the things it, it was just unfathomable you know what some of them go through and it was kind of disheartening for me to, to be learning about this um, for the first time. Not that I, you know, you probably could, you know, assume things, but you don't, everybody just glosses over it. And, you know, there, she, you know, just does a really good job. She, like each chapter is a different country. And, you know, she even, you know, talks about interviews doctors that specialize in surgery for these girls because some of the trauma that they go through is just horrific. And then she talks about, you know, how they are trying to, you know, prosecute these groups and these men for war crimes and how it took a very, very long time for rape to be considered a war crime. <clears throat> they, would, they would say, well, we're getting this guy, we're trying this guy for crimes against humanity. But it would never specifically mention rape and, and how important it was to these victims for them to say in court that they were raped. And I think it was like through, throughout history, everything that has happened from World War I, World War II, um, all the conflicts in Africa and the Middle East, the first um, prosecution for war rape wasn't until 1997. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Yikes. So um, it was a very hard book to read, but it was written very well. The way that she interviews these women really makes you feel like they have gone through something, that they're very strong, that like they're an inspiration. Like they've gone through this and they're trying to make their voices heard trying to make it better for women in the future in that country yes mm -hmm. yeah. which is hard to do in a lot of those countries because the government doesn't look at women the same as they do the mm -hmm. men yeah that's right i mean some of those in some of those conflicts it is they just think that the women are are the property like they get to go and steal the women that's part of the deal right you know and well there's a reason that they put rape and pillage together in the same phrase you know it's been going on 
since the Vikings. Since the beginning of time. Ugh. Since the Ken Follett books. <laughs> right? That's literally what I was just thinking. Mm. So, I mean, it definitely is not an easy book to read, um, but there was hope that, you know, there this is being talked about. It's being prosecuted, even though it's it's taken a very, very long time. And it just, I mean, the women in these that she has interviewed are phenomenal. I mean, they're just very, they're strong and they're hopeful, you know, some of them. And they've just been, you know, they've been through hell and, you know, they're still standing. What I kept thinking about as I was reading this book was, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of history classes. I've read a lot of history books. And this is kind of like one of those things that's never talked about. And I wish this kind of thing, not just facts and figures and dates and X happened, but that we teach people about the consequences, about these people, like this really happened to people, it is happening to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just kind of wish that our education system was more um, inclusive like that instead of, you know, the way it is. But instead of trying to gloss everything over. Yes, instead of, you know, putting, you know, writing history through the eyes of, you know, the victors. This is, you know, what conflict does to real people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was Our Bodies, Their Battlefields, War Through the Lives of Women by Christina Lamb. And I've watched some documentaries about the what the women go through in those countries. And one of the things that really blew my mind that in some of those countries that are in the midst of constant civil wars and everything and the men are getting killed so often you know they're taken into these terrorist groups against their will and they have to become soldiers and then they die but then the women are not allowed to have a job Mm -hmm. so the only thing that they can do is beg for food and money so that they can feed their children I mean it's not even and even like their little boys they're taken in the middle of the night for terrorist groups. I, I mean, it's it's horrible. Um, one of the the most horrific things in that book is there are some cultures that if a woman is raped, um, it brings shame upon the family. Mm. So mm-hmm. there's they are damaged, right? And, and it's very sti- common in those parts of the world that that's. And um, there are some you know hopeful stories about some families you know doing everything that they can to get their daughters and their sisters back from the people that have taken them. But there were also stories of, you know, women who just have to, you know, just stay where they're at in, you know, confinement or with, you know, people that, you know, have taken them because they don't feel like they can go back to their families. Because because, because they have, you know, they're... Because the shame. Yes. Because they've shamed the family. Yes. Very some heavy reads this week. <laughs> right yeah but and, important read and i'm sitting here looking at all these books i've read going Ugh, the hell am i gonna talk about they're now in, they're important reads they're just heavy reads yeah yeah Oof. it's definitely it's definitely <laughs> no, it's not right. you know what mind cleanser it's it's important but it's important to know that that these things happen in the world because knowledge is power is power and the more the people who know what's going on, the better that it's the sooner that these conditions can be changed. And, you know, kudos to all of those women who speak out because you know that they are going through a lot of ridicule and torture in their own country for being outspoken about their conditions. Well, I was going to try to bring the room up, but I really don't have anything. I really don't. I think the biggest, hardest thing for me in the last, I guess, month, because I read a lot of books, but all the books I've picked up have just not fit the bill. And that's hard because then I go back and reread old books. And then I've got, oh. But I think I'm going to pick this one, even though it probably wasn't my favorite book. It's called When We Were Vikings by Andrew David McDonald. The main character is Zelda. She's 21 years old. And she is the, she 
has fetal alcohol syndrome. She suffers from that. And so she has lived her life sort of by sets of rules, things that she has to, that she's learned in order to cope with her situation. And she lives with her older brother, who is a very rough character, I guess you could say. He's into some sketchy things, doing basically what he can to try to make money for them. And Zelda, he buys her this book about Vikings because she's obsessed with Vikings. So that's where the whole Viking thing comes in. I don't know. I think the reason that I that I kind of was drawn to this book after a while, well, actually from really from the beginning, is because the story is told from Zelda's perspective. And you don't often get the voice of someone who is different. Somebody who has a cognitive impairment, someone who follows very specific, very rigid rules in order to get through things. I found it really heartwarming. You read a heartwarming I read book? a heartwarming book. Whoa. I did. But at the same time, it was eye-opening because her brother, like I said, not the best kind of guy. And he takes her along with him mm. when he goes to some different places. There were a couple of scenes in, in here where I was just, I held my breath through the whole thing. He takes her over to this drug dealer's house. Oh, no. And they're sitting around playing poker, these mm-hmm. guys. And these are rough guys. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to go in and talk to the boss, and he leaves her sitting at this table with these poker playing guys. And I mean, I'm just getting chills sitting here thinking about, I mean, she's just such a vulnerable person, like a, almost like a child, but yet not a child. And to see the way she sort of navigates her way through some really rough pieces in her life. I don't know. I I guess I haven't ever read a, a character quite like her before. And I think that that's the reason that I liked the book was just because of looking at the world through her eyes was really interesting and different for me. I think that's um, something I don't, there's not a lot of books out there that are from the perspective of somebody that is. That has an impairment like that. Atypical. Right. And so it's hard for me to compare it to something else or someone else. I don't have a lot of personal experience with developmentally disabled adults, which is basically what she is. She has a, quote, boyfriend. Her boyfriend isn't as smart as she is. So, and he has different sets of things that is going on with him. So you see the relationship between them as well. And how she sort of wants to move the relationship forward and he's stuck on, you know, something else. So it's like, it's like this whole world that you never really considered. You never really thought about, at least I hadn't, because that's, my life has never included those elements before. Besides her, does she have anybody like looking out for her? Like she does. And plus her, you have to realize that. All of these friends of hers and all of the people that she goes to, quote, school with, all have an adult with them a lot of the time. So that whole thing of, you know, her boyfriend's mom is there with them all the time or most of the time. But yet they're adults. So, you know, they they have to try to navigate the whole idea of a relationship, but yet they're not really cognitively well they're not independent but they're 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 not necessarily ready for a lot of different things and I guess I had I had thought about the parents of developmentally disabled people because they're you basically have them for life you know they they a lot of times aren't able to live independently 
but Zelda, this character, sort of is moving in that direction. So it was interesting to see somebody maybe on the higher end of this, the, you know, being able to navigate life. And like I said, there's no way for me to compare it to anything else. So I don't know if it's a good representation of type or not. All I know is that I enjoyed the characters in the story. I enjoyed Zelda's company. She was interesting to be around. And I liked hearing about her story because it felt real to me. I felt it wasn't like based on true, you know, it, it felt like a, it felt like, like any other story would. It didn't feel overly touchy feely or overly whatever. It's like, this is her life. And these are the things she, she's going through. And it didn't really have the kind of elements that the kind of books I like have. There was no mystery really to solve. There was no, it didn't really have a clear cut So it was just thing. Char- character driven. Yeah. But I don't know. Which is a very Martha book when you think about it. Like you are very character driven. Yeah, it is. But yet it's like, and I guess there was a bit of a resolution in the end. The character grew as a person. So you were able to see that kind of go through. I enjoyed it. It was called When We Were Vikings by Andrew David McDonald. Did you read it, Shona? When it first came out, I loved it. Did you? Okay. Well, I guess I didn't really have any any way to compare it to. It was different than anything I'd ever read. But I'm like you. I like characters. Yeah. yeah. I would like to know more about the author because I'm always curious when an author writes a character, a main character that is, I, I guess, neuroatypical, like mm-hmm. developmentally um, challenged, if if they are themselves or they or they know somebody or where do they get that voice from so I'd, I'd like to know if he if you know he has somebody in his life like that well it's just it, it is interesting because when they they tell you as a writer to write what you know so if you're gonna have an authentic voice you have to have experience of some kind some way in order to put forward that kind of or do Some, a lot of research. Something that feels that authentic, you have to be able to dive into it somehow. So either he did research or he has knowledge, direct knowledge of, I don't know. I thought it was excellent. But yet at the same time, I probably wouldn't, you know, it was definitely not a five-star read for me as a person, but probably for someone else it would be. Okay, everybody's homework next week is to read a happy book. Oh, Jesus. I can't make any guarantees. (laughs) If I could just find something. I don't know what's next. I'm like, what do I have on my list for next time? I'm going to have to go find, I'm going to have to go check out some, spend some credits or something. I think part of the other thing that was hard is that the books that I did purchase with my credits were series oh so like, you can't like yeah. um what's his name i have a happy one on cue for- i got an inspector rebus novel which i love he's like the best there was um last night on the zoom call donna recommended a book that i thought sounded right up your alley i think it was called the effort i actually put that one on my on my list of i put it i recommended it to the library so we'll see if they buy it. And if not, then I probably will grab it. Well, see, we went to Full Circle Bookstore today because, you know, Shona G had never been there. We had to take her. So uh, I and I bought a book off the shelf just because of the cover today. And this is why you need to face the covers where we can see them, people. So I'm going to go into that one and hopefully it will be fantastic and I can review that next week. Has this ever happened to you where you read a book that you're really loving I mean loving and then it just never materializes mm-hmm. like you get halfway through this book and you keep waiting for something to happen yep. and it never happens and it never happens and it never happens and it just made me so mad because I wanted to review that book so badly and it just the ending just sucked so hard I have books like that um, books that I want, th- like the concept and the 
um, they just sound so amazing. Mm-hmm. And I read them. I'm like, I know I'm going to love this. And it just doesn't happen. And But I keep buying it's um do you know the magpie murders and, yep mm-hmm. um yep and i those sound amazing you want to love them but you don't love them yeah and it just they just kind of fall flat for me and i almost picked up his latest one today it fell circle <laughs> almost and i picked it up and i'm like no no i'm, I'm not gonna, gonna put it that. back yeah you know have you seen the new trend in mustaches it's yes, called the monkey, monkey tail the monkey tail mustache Okay, the mustache, it's a mustache, but on one side, it continues down into a tail and becomes the beard. Nope. Hard no. No. Disgusting. So the monkey tail mustache. Gentlemen, That's That's some creative barbary right there. Yeah. For the barber. Well, it's about time they had to get creative. That's what I'm saying. I mean, (laughs) you hear about women having all sorts of interesting landing strips. What would a monkey tail beaver look like? That's kind of where uh, I'm going with don't, that. Don't Google that. No, do not. I do, I'm not Googling Come it. Come on. Somebody I, Google it. I'm not. You know what's going to, you know the algorithms that would happen <laughs> if you Googled that? Do you know how many weird ads you are going to get? I am the one who Googled the man with the two penises. Remember? <laughs> so here's how Amazon algorithms work. I was doing a, um, a community uh. service project once. Not not mandatory. It was completely voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was we were planting, we were cleaning up a community garden, and the guy that was in charge of it said that cats and raccoons kept coming in to the garden and messing it up. And he was looking into um, somebody had told him that if he pours mountain lion urine, urine yeah. around the garden, it will it will keep um, animals out. Well, I I thought, well, let me, like, how do you even get mountain lion urine? Um, and so I... Very carefully. No. <laughs> um, apparently, you can get wear, it on... You wear really thick gloves. <laughs> you can get it on Amazon, of course. So I searched for it on Amazon. And so my recommended items on Amazon were very strange for a very long time. Did you know you can ship 20 pound bags of feces to your arch nemesis's door? That's some very useful information. That sounds like it's um, a biohazard. Okay. Poopsenders.com. They have many different animals. Gorillas, lions. Are you being serious right now? 100% serious. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We've got... I feel like she's plotting revenge for... Don't ever piss this girl off. That's uh, what I'm saying. Cow, elephant... Gorilla and the combo pack, which you can get in size gallon or mega pack, which I believe is the 20 pound bag. So poopsenders.com, huh? I wonder if they could. Do you think it would be fun to have them as a sponsor? No. I no. think that would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, um, they just might be the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah G is so excited right now. She's about to end up on an FBI watch list. I have a list of people in my neighborhood to send all this stuff to and it's so affordable (laughs) (laughs) instead of the beaver tail the amazon rainforest yes you got the amazon rainforest beaver the brazilian triangle beaver the martini glass beaver the heart attack beaver the postage stamp beaver or the full Brazilian beaver. <laughs> so the monkey tail is not a thing, evidently, in pubic pubic hair shaping. It it can be. I mean, you. I also think maybe have we this... should we should make that suggestion so that you could have his and hers. No. You know, you got the guy with the monkey tail, and then you surprise no. him and go, "Honey." You could have a lightning strike now. Guy de decoiffeur. There's even a there's even a Darth Vader beaver, <laughs> and a Lincoln's hat beaver. Why? This kind of stuff Why? really listen, Why? listen. This kind of stuff exists outside of our filthy minds. That's what scares me the most. But the, the fact that there's no monkey tail beaver yet, 
There is no monkey tail. There is a Makes mustache. Me- there is a mustache. Yeah. So why couldn't there be a monkey tail then? I bet you you could do. You could. I'm just trying to get an ending. God damn it! Don't mess me up. <laughs> Poop cinders is 100% anonymous. If you want it to be, by the way, just found that out too. <laughs> oh my god! So it's it's between shit or sh- beaver shaping. Somebody give me a fucking punchline here. Whatever it is, it happens down under. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.